0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Numbers podcast with your host, Rello. Um, I'm pulling a Stephen A. Smith here today. He has his own podcast, and today my co-host couldn't make it. So here we are. It's just me and you guys, Um, and we got a lot to talk about. We really got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to go into the NBA in-season tournament. Uh, some of the summer league standouts that I saw. A lot of good players and a lot of good um, second-year guys and rookies. And then some some important messages out there. One from Andre Drummond. One from Zion Williamson when he's popped into the Gilbert Arenas podcast. So uh, let, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So first we have the NBA announced this M- NBA in-season tournament very intricate and it's something that's been they've been working off about two years now and Silver wanting to be a part of that overseas soccer model or football if you will um, with having the, the NBA Cup so essentially there will be six groups three in each conference a western group A, a western group B western group C and the same thing for a respective on the east team and each team will play four designated group play games one game against each opponent in each group with two games at home and two on the road and there's some other details that you know in november starting november 3rd it'll be every tuesday and friday nights um the only nba games played on tournament nights will be group play games and then the top six um, from from each group who has the best standings will go into the next round, plus two wild cards, who, which are the teams that have the best record in each conference but beca- became in second place. Um, so a lot of things to go on, go on there. There'll be a um, a venue in Las Vegas, I think the T-Mobile Arena, where they'll play at for the for the quarterfinals going up to the championship. So it'll be interesting to see how the neutral site will affect the, the the quality of play. Will the crowd be into it? How many, you know, travel fan bases there are in the league? It's going to be interesting. It really is to see how players, you know, will they be uh, intense? Will they want to go for that championship? How much they do, do they really care about it? There is a money incentive, but with these new contracts, I, are they even moved by money anymore? <laughs> like, uh, if I'm making $56 million a year, like, how much is a million dollars or $500,000 really moving me at this point? So it's going to be interesting to see. But let's go through uh, the groups as they stand um, from the random drawing. And from the West Group A, you have Memphis, Phoenix, L.A., Lakers, Utah, and Portland. Very interesting group right there. Um, let's see when is Ja coming back? Twenty five games, so that probably be in like December. So they're they're pretty they're going to be struggling at that point. I think I, I don't think see them coming out of that group. Phoenix and LA being in the same group is is really good for the for the start of this NBA Cup because you have that competition, you have that high value, you know, star power that you that you can have, and then you have your the other two teams, Utah and Portland, who are, you know, going to be up and coming, who have, you know, young stars. We'll see if Dame is going to be at the roster by then. I, I highly doubt it. Um, that's moving really slowly. That trade Those, those trade talks. But um, something to look at there. So I, I, I see I'm a Laker fan. So I, I see my, my Lakers coming out of that uh, that group. Phoenix just doesn't have the bench right now. They, I know they signed a, a bunch of league minimum guys, and they're searching for a point guard that they want to upgrade to. So we'll see what they what they do there. Um, the Lakers are looking for an upgrade, uh, upgrade at backup center. Um, so we'll see. But I have the Lakers coming out of that group. But I, I really like the names in, in that group. West Group B, Denver, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Rockets. That's a tough group. Wow, I mean, besides the Rockets, there's three. If, if if Zion's healthy, I can see three three of those teams winning that group. I can see the the Nuggets. I can see obviously the Nuggets and defending champions, the Clippers if they're health healthy, the Pelicans if they're having a strong start to, like they did last year. Dallas just Dallas. I have to see Dallas. Um I didn't get to see see enough of Kyrie and Luka. They added Grant Williams. Um, They tried to add Matisse Stiebel, but Portland matched his contract, so they don't get him. He would have been a good fit. But I'm going to go with the defending champs for now. I'm going to go with the defending champs for now just because, I mean, they lost Bruce Brown, but they got that continuity. Um, Clippers are trying to get James Harden, but how would that rock the boat? Pelicans, I don't trust their health situation and they're still pretty young. So I'm going to go with the defending champs in that group. But I, I, I really like that group and going to be paying attention in November. West Group C, Sacramento, Golden State, Minnesota, OKC, and the Spurs. Not too crazy, but interesting, interesting for sure. Um, Obviously, the new look Golden State Warriors with Chris Paul. Uh, and man said he wants to take that next step as a player, so really want to see what he does this year. OKC is a good team; is going to be very competitive this season, but I don't, I don't see them coming out of this group. Um, and then Wimbayama, Wimbayama uh or Wimbae, as I like to call him, and San Antonio, they have no shot. So Sacramento is going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. I'm torn between Sacramento and Golden State. I think Sacramento was really good last year, and they have maybe they take another step. Golden State is Golden State. I I can't go against Steph, so I'm going to go Golden State here. Until they give me a reason not to go with them, I'm just going to go with them every time, and then yeah, we'll see. But um, I got Golden State coming out, out of that group. But if I had a heavy second, it would probably be Sacramento for sure. They're a good team. On to the East. East Group A. Philadelphia 76ers, Cleveland Cavaliers, Atlanta Hawks, Indiana Pacers, and the Detroit Pistons. I mean, there's, there's clearly two favorites here. Um, I don't think Atlanta, Indiana, and Detroit have a shot here. Philly and Cleveland are really, really close. Um, I'm just going off of what the roster is today, not what they could be. So if I had to go off the rosters today, hmm, this is tough. I think I'll go with Cleveland. I think I'm going to go with Cleveland. I think they have a little bit more depth. I think they have a little bit more balance as far as like what they want to do. I know they struggled at the end of the season last year, but I think that it was a it was a learning. It was a learning period for them. Um, had a bad showing in the in the playoffs, losing to the Knicks. That was not a good look. Um, I think Philadelphia just has a lot to internal stuff to work with. Nick Nurse and NB's dynamic. He's the new coach, but they've had some words back and forth throughout the years. If they bring back James Harden, will he be happy? If he does, if he gets traded, who are they bringing to that roster, and will they fit? You know, cohesively in the first half of the season. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Cleveland for now. And f- whoa, coming in from Shams right off the presses, Phoenix is trading campaign in a second round pick and cash to San Antonio. So they've been, they've been looking up to upgrade that point guard spot Phoenix has for, for like a week now. So let's, let's see what the other news comes out of that move. But uh, back to East group a Cleveland Cavaliers. I have all right. East, Group B, Milwaukee Bucks, New York Knicks, Miami Heat, Washington Wizards, and the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets, Yeah, that's, I like that. I like that group a lot. I like that top three, the the Bucks, the Knicks, the Heat, Wizards, Hornets, you're out of here. Wow. I really like the Knicks roster. Um, I like the Heat. I don't know. The heat is not a regular season team to me. Like every regular season I'm like Oh, here goes another bulge bomb. Bobo Bo has agreed to a one year deal with Phoenix. I feel like we saw that coming. I feel like a lot, we're just reading reading the the pundits and seeing the interest, I think that was a, that's a good fit. Um I think that they are gonna go hard for him. And they got him. Um so Bobo Bo to Phoenix. Cool. I'm gonna go in East Group B. I'm gonna go with the Milwaukee Bucks. I just think if if Giannis was not hurt in the series versus Miami, they would have beat them pretty handedly. Um Chris Middleton was I don't think Chris Middleton was ever fully healthy throughout the season, going through his injury problems. So I think with a clean slate a new season, and with health on their side this year, I think the Bucs will, will handle this, this group. But I do like the Knicks and Miami Heat, obviously, to compete and not, and not just make it easy for the Bucs. It's, it's, not, it's not like the Bucs are like clear favorites, but I just think um, they're going to take that one. East Group C. Boston. Brooklyn. Toronto. Chicago. And Orlando. Ooh, this is this is a messy, this is a messy group. <laughs> this is a really messy group. Cause you got Brook wow, just Boston getting a nice little group here. Like Magic is not ready. The Bulls don't know what they want to do. The Raptors don't know what they want to do. And Brooklyn is just it's just surviving at this point. Um so Boston is a clear favorite here. Like Sure, the Brooklyn Nets and Toronto are and the Bulls are interesting teams because they have good players and, um, yeah, they just have good players. But Brooklyn doesn't isn't ready yet. Chicago, we'll see if Levine is still on the roster. But as of right now, I'm, I'm gonna go with Boston pretty easily getting getting through this. So if you have Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland. Golden State, Nuggets, and the Lakers as your top six team. I'm, I'm not even going to go do the wild card. I'm just going to go top six. And then out of those six, who do I see winning a championship? Oh, it's not, not a championship. The NBA Cup. Wow. LA Lakers, Nuggets. I'm going to go. With the Lakers, I'm 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 riding with the with the squad, and it's not far-fetched. It's not like I'm just I'm being uh, outlandish. The Lakers have a legitimate chance, especially in the beginning of the year when you know it's it's not so much miles on your legs throughout the season. Like like say the playoffs, this is going to be the first half of the season. Bron's going Bron's hopefully going to be healthy. Anthony Davis is going to be looking spry. We got a lot of bench depth. We got a lot of talented players. I think the Lakers will take the first NBA Cup. I think they're the favorites. Now, what do I think of the NBA Cup in general? I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at trying new things. It's it's not like if it doesn't work, they can't take it away. Like If it doesn't work, they'll take it away. And if it works and it's a huge success, it's a win-win. It'll, it's going to be another opportunity to boost the TV deal, brand deals, sponsorship deals—all these deals are going to be coming. Somebody's going to be a presented spos- sponsor of the NBA Cup. Um, it gives it gives players an incentive, hopefully, to to play hard in those December months when uh, the November, December months when uh you know there might not be a motivation to play on a Tuesday or a Friday night. So we'll see. Um, I'm not mad at it. I know a lot of people are against it. They think it's gimmicky, but it's a big thing in the football culture or soccer culture. It's a a big thing, and there's no reason why it can't be a a big thing for the NBA. Um, I think that Adam Silver, you know, sees an opportunity here, so he's going to go for it, and I'm here for it as long as the Lakers win the, the NBA Cup, but... I'm not mad at it, man. I'm not I'm really not I'm really not mad at it. All right. That was my take on the NBA Cup. Um, we'll see how it shakes coming in November. I'm sure it's gonna be a lot of hype around it. I'm I'm interested to see what you know the players when the season start think about it and how they, you know, turn their competitive juices on to just try to win this cup. All right, where are we gonna go next? I think we'll go to summer league. Um, Summer league has been flashes. Like usually, the first couple days, the top stars play, and there's, there's hype, hype, hype. And then after a week, kind of dies down. People start playing. That's the that's the period we're in right now. Like it's, it's they're in the playoffs. A lot of the top stars have stopped playing. Um, teams, pre- you know, protecting their investment or whatnot, and now these fringe NBA guys or these fringe bench guys are you know fighting to win the summer league championship. So we'll see who wins that. But kudos to them. As far as summer league standouts, I have a, I have a few guys that I, I want to point out. Um, first of all, Winba. First game was a was a tragedy from a number standpoint. Um, I thought he was very active defensively, which we all knew, and it it was amazing to just see him have that much of an impact on defense. Offensive game, I think he was trying to do too much ISO. He was trying to ISO from the top of the key with two guys on the elbows, and it just just wasn't happening. He was looking like Bambi out there, just legs flailing and falling all over the place. Um, I think in one play, Brandon Miller just almost literally crossed him off the court, but he got hit in the neck or something like that. So um, it wasn't a good game. It wasn't a sh- good showing. I mean, even after the game, he was like, "I didn't even know what I was doing out there." Um, so it was good to see him bounce back in game two with that with that performance. Uh, I think he had like twenty seven, uh, nice amount of rebounds and like three blocks. So he had an all around game. Um, he had flashes where you know he tip dunked it and without jumping basically and blocking blocking jump shots he was showing intensity and i i, I like to see that um I, I really like to see that it's, it's very apparent he needs to get stronger he can't he won't be a strong post up uh player for for a few years I think his versatility will shine with a top point guard not even a top point guard like I think Trey Jones will get him some open look Trey, Trey jones is a good distributor and when he's putting that pop system. It's just going to be easier. The the court's going to be more open in in the regular season than it is the summer league. And obviously, he'll he'll have a full training camp with his with his team. So and that obviously his 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 teammates will be more talented than the ones um that are summer league. So things will happen for him. But he bounced back in game two. I was very happy to see that. And they shut him down after that, say so, like i seen enough. So he did he did what he was supposed to do in that second game. The first game it's a wash. Nobody's going to read into that. So um, I'm happy that he was able to bounce back. Jabari Smith, wow, averaging 35 and a half points per game, seven rebounds per game, and four assists. This is the type of level of performance you want to see from a second-year player. This is exactly what you want to see. He came in, he showed he was probably the most talented person besides Wimba at the summer league. Step backs, uh, open threes, handles. It was all there. There was nothing that he didn't do, um, which you see with the seven rebounds and four assists a game as well. He was shut down, and he, didn't, he had nothing else to prove. He's going to be very important to the Rockets' future. I think, I, I don't know, but I think the Rockets will value him a little bit more than Jalen Green, just given he's 6'11", with that type of skill set, And Jalen Green is, you know, a a high-level scoring shooting guard. But it's it's harder to find those Jabari Smiths. And if if they can nurture that and hold on to that and develop him each year, it looks like they have this year. So uh, I I think he's going to have a big year. I think Fred Van Fleet needs to put his arm around him, kind of guide him, um, show him some film of Siakam, show him the little things he can do. So uh, I, I, really do, I really do like Jabari Smith, and um, I'm happy to see him perform that way. Max Christie played very well for the Los Angeles Lakers, and I think they won the first three games. So uh, it was, I was happy. As a Lakers fan, I was happy for him. Um, he was really trying to get in the rotation last year, but it, was, it was just wasn't his time. And as a young player, you got to just, you know, stay patient. But he averaged 19 points per game, 50% from three. That's that's what we need to see because he's going to be our 3 and D guy. I see him as like a a Josh Hart role with the Lakers, like defending, rebounding. We know he's a good rebounder. And if he can knock down the three, and he averaged 2.3 blocks as well, five rebounds and four assists, I think he could carve out a role. I really do because he could play that two or three spot. Um, he has long arms. He's athletic. So – We'll see, but he had a, he had a really good summer league. Uh Keontae George, my sleeper in the in this year's draft, just was—he was—he's probably the, the the third most impressive player in the summer summer league. I don't think people really thought he would jump to this type of production so quickly. Twenty-one point seven points per game, six point three assists per game. And for such a young player and a new environment with players that he doesn't know is to average 6.3 assists per game is, is really impressive. Um, I think that's what the, the Jazz were looking for. He shot the ball really well, averaging almost 22 points per game. So I think he's going to be um, their point guard. Uh, he probably won't start right away, obviously, um, but he's going to have a, a, a role and they're going to develop him throughout the season. In the second half of the season, Who knows? Who knows what his role will be? He might overjump whoever the starting point guard is. I don't think it'll be Jordan Clarkson or Colin Sexton, but um, it'll be somebody to start out the season, I think, and then he'll probably take over. Chet Holmgreen from the Oklahoma City Thunder. 20.5 points per game, almost 10 rebounds a game, and and 3.5 blocks. Man, I didn't, just watching the game, watching, watching the game, I didn't see this type of production coming from him. I really didn't. Um, the rebounds, the blocks were there. Obviously, he can meet anyone at the rim. Uh, but it, it was kind of like the WNBA situation, Wimbayama. Yama. Like, he was isoing, and then he would fall over, or somebody would strip him, he would bring it up the court and hold on to the ball too long. So, the stats are on the page. Like, at the end of the day, the stats are on the page. I didn't like what I saw from my, eye, from my eye standpoint, what I was watching. Um, but obviously with Giddy and SGA and uh Jalen Williams, that roster would be really, really tough. And they have a bright future. Cam Whitmore, the 20th, who slid all the way from like five to twenty on on, on NBA draft night. 19 points per game, and he had eight steals in his last game. He definitely has something to prove this this summer league. He was playing with a chip on his shoulder. He flashed his athleticism. Um, he had a couple of step backs. You know, that's part of his game. He's looking like a true steal for the Houston Rockets, um, somebody that can start from day one, to be honest. Like, Kevin Pointer Jr. is really good. But can Kevin Pointer Jr. be like that spark plug off the bench for them so they have more balance? And then in their roster. I think that's something we need to think about. Like Fair Van Fleet, Jalen Green, KPJ, or Fair Van Fleet, Jalen Green, and Cam Whitmore, who has that size and, and bulk. Um But they do have Tyree Easton too. He might start. They got they got some competition going on over there. You know, the Sangoon is gonna be anchored at the center. Uh Javari Smith is gonna be anchored at the at the power four. So that that third spot, man, between KPJ, Tari Easton, and, and Cam Whitmore, I think, now that I think about it, I think Tari might, might take that. He provides length on the wing, athleticism, and a toughness that they need. So he probably will start, and then, you know, I, I, I would bring KPJ off the bench um, and take it from there. But the Rockets are building something. They're not going to be very good this year, but they're, they're building, building, building. Um, and we'll see how their season shapes up. And then lastly, we have Imani Bates. Imani Bates has been through some things. Um, started at Memphis, then went on to Eastern Michigan. Got in trouble with the law a little bit, but it slid to the 40s in the draft. But he played really well. He played really well this summer league, um, showing that he is a pro-level scorer. College is not for everyone. The college game is not for everyone. And for him, being in high school, being called the next this, the next that, LeBron James, and the next high school star, a lot of pressure on a young kid. And in some cases, not everyone can handle it like LeBron James. You, know, you, you once in a while, you get a Imani Bates, who it takes longer to get to that apex of, you know, the talent at his age. And put it all together—the maturity, having the right people around you. But he seems really motivated, and I think he'll make the roster. I think he—I don't—I th- don't know if he'll have a role straight out the gate. I think they'll see how, you know, their team stacks up come mid-season. I do have them be- the Cleveland Cavaliers being pretty competitive, mm-hmm. so um, they traded Steady Osman, They got Max Struess. They got. Um, Isaac Okoro. So they, they, they got what they need from the wing position. So we'll see what, how he fits into that. Um, so we'll see. But I really like how he's been playing. All right. So a lot of news um, around Zion. Zion popped into Gilbert Arena's podcast randomly, it seemed, and um, talked about the issues he's had with con- with controlling his weight um and i have a clip here and i hope you guys can hear it that um, from that from that time where he was on the podcast and described that so here it is this is hard to diet at your age uh jeez be honest since it's you i'll be real uh there are times when i was that man that shit hard. Mm-hmm. It's, hard. it's hard, man, like twenty, twenty-two. got a lot of money, all the all the money in the world, man. It, it is hard, but uh, I'm at that point now where because of certain things, putting back like the wisdom around me, much of, like, I don't want to say older because they took to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting people around me with wisdom, put me on game to certain things and just go from there I'm I'm confused by that statement well half of that statement if you didn't hear it if you didn't hear it it says he says it's hard being a 22 year old with a lot of money and he's now putting people around him to give him that wisdom on how to navigate not only this but just life I guess just life in general but I'm confused um his mother was his coach, and I'm sure his mother instilled all of these things into him. I know it's different now that he's got all this money. I know it's different now that he lives on his own, most likely, and he has his own responsibilities. He probably got his chest poked out and like, hey, "Ma, I can make my own decisions. But no, something, something, something's missing there um, for me. And I can only imagine being that young and having all that money and being in New Orleans. I love beignets, okay? I love beignets just as much as anybody. I love po'boys. Give me a little shrimp po'boy, a little chicken, some of that, that special aioli, lettuce, pickles. I want all of that. But how often are you going to eat that stuff? Truly, how often are you going to eat that stuff? And when you're not eating that, why don't you have a chef? Why was... Why didn't the Pelicans not have a chef for him on day one? He went on to say in another clip, you know, in the summers he's not even worried about like losing a bunch of weight. He's working on band work and making sure his ligaments, his extremities are are flexible and 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 joints are good. Um, so he's happy to be move on the court, and I understand that. You, he, I don't think his weight. Is that much of an issue? We've seen people control their weight. It's those joints. He jumps very high. He has jumped very high for a lot of years. And now the pressure is being put on those already worn joints. And now the weight is an issue. I don't, I don't think I don't think he has he'll have a problem losing that weight. We've seen him fluctuate with, you know, his weight a little bit. He's looked really strong at times. And he looked really fluffy at times. I hated that. I just used the word fluffy, but I have a better word. Um, so yeah, put do whatever you need to do, Zion. Put the people around you. Um, I think you need, and I'm not saying you don't. His mom has to be his coach again. Like she got you to the NBA. Let her continue to to guide you because obviously she was, she was doing the right thing. So, yeah, I was just conflicted by that by that statement. Um, he needs a chef and he's putting the people around him. He's doing the right thing with the band work and stuff for his joints and his flexibility. So he, he's on his way. We don't need to go to a, a true deep dive here um, just because, you know, the whole world wants to talk about him being a certain size. And I think you this season is a make or break season for him. And I know he's young. I think he has two two all-stars under his belt. So he's got time. But as far as like a Pelicans organization standpoint, if he gets hurt again, they have to move him. They just have to. His, his value will never be higher. And it, it's just heartbreaking. It would just be heartbreaking if he gets hurt again because you build everything around him. So I hope he can stay healthy. He's obviously a top. Ooh, a top. I'm gonna be safer. I say a top twelve player when he's healthy. a he's twenty five and eight guy. Um, energizes the crowd. It brings a different feel to the Pelicans. So, I want to see him be be healthy and and do well. We're rolling through these topics, man. This is this is fun. I, I, this is my first podcast doing by myself, and it's not easy, but. This stuff is rolling. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. All right, next. All right, this is a, this is a heated topic on the on the on the Twitter streets. What well, was? Dwight versus Jokic. Dwight put his stuff out there. He, he said, and I and I quote. Obviously, people are going to say Jokic can score. He got all those offensive skills. But at the same time, I was getting 38 points and 20 rebounds, 45 and 18, 19 and 20. And I'm doing all this with twos. No threes, all twos. I'm doing this with lobs. I'm not getting a lot of post-ups like Jokic. He's getting way more opportunities, I would say, as far as to show his low post game and all that stuff. And I was just in a different era. Now, while he's right, and I watched Dwight in his prime. And I'm getting to see Jokic in his prime. There's no comparison with the type of players they are. They're totally different. Dwight, super athletic freak. Um, They're both ultra rebounders. Jokic is obviously the better passer. But as far as scoring, yes, Jokic can shoot better. But does that make... I don't want to sound naive here. Does that make you? It makes you more skilled. The fact that Jokic can do more, he's obviously more skilled than Dwight. But in Dwight's prime, if I had to take somebody to get twenty-five, for me, I'm, I'm still going Jokic. <laughs> I'm still going Jokic, man. I'm still going Jokic. Listen, Dwight, you you, you are a great Hall of Fame player. Um, you're obviously the better defender by far. Multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. But if we're talking just – even if you got more post-ups, you wouldn't score as much as Jokic, bro. Like, even if Dwight Howard got as much post-ups as Jokic, he wouldn't score as much. If Jokic touched that ball in the paint, it's it's most likely going in. I've seen Dwight do hook shots. It doesn't look like it's going in all the time. It just doesn't. Obviously, he has the height. He has the athleticism factor as well. He can jump over Jokic. Probably he could. He could probably jump jump over Jokic. And he was much more physical than Jokic. Jokic is not is was physical though. Jokic is physical. Like he don't. He ain't soft. Jokic will will grind, and we saw that in in the Heat series. He was he was taking some pounding. But um, as far as who Prime was better, it obviously has to be Jokic. He has two MVPs. He has a championship. Um, and if the Finals MVP, like there's no contesting that. But if you want to take accolades out of it and just go impact numbers, I think it's closer than people think. I really do. Um. I think my I'm trying to get away from this recency bias and really think about what the White used to do back then. He took a team with Hedo Turkoglu, Jameer Nelson, uh, Rashard Lewis, JJ Redick to the to the finals to, against Kobe. Uh, so he is a winner. He just didn't win the finals, but he is a, he is a winner. He he brought that team to the championship, a team full of shooters and him. So he he ain't to be taken lightly. He beat LeBron in the conference finals. So, uh, I'm not even going to answer that, man. I'm not even going to answer that. Like, Jokic it has the accolades. Jokic is a better low-post scorer. He's a better – he's a more skilled passer and all-around skilled player. But Dwight was a monster defensively. I think Dwight was a better rebounder. I had to look at the numbers, and maybe numbers don't tell the whole story. But for my eye test, Dwight was a better rebounder. And that's it. That's it, man. They're both hall of famers. I understand why Dwight is. Well, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I understand if it was part of a conversation that he had to defend himself. I understand why he would say these things and defend his position uh, of being what type of player he was versus the type of player Jokic is. So I get it. But um, they're both great. They're both great. to no, know right. I'll say. All right, moving on to the next topic. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, the governor's board of the NBA pushed through two new rules for this season. One is questionable, and one was definitely needed. That being the the second challenge, uh, you get a second challenge if your first challenge was successful. That's just a no-brainer. I always thought watching the games, like, why? Like, why do they only get one if, if if I win? And then they take my time out. Like, it was, it, they they deserve to get a second one. And I think, I hope it doesn't slow down the game. I think that was probably the issue with giving coaches two. Because if you get, because coaches can now, you know, use one earlier in the game and, and instead of protecting that one challenge that they get. So now they're more be more inclined to use one earlier in the game, and then hopefully, success successful. And then use a the second one. Um, so hopefully, that's to slow it down in that aspect. But it's 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 only right to, to do that. Um, can't get penalized for using your challenge when you're when you when you're right. Um, you already getting penalized by a missed call or that you think was missed because that's why you're challenging in the first place. So. It's a double penalty. So this is good. This is good for the game. This is good for you know just getting the calls right. The refs do a great job um, most of the time. So this just gives them another opportunity to be right. Right? Like it's all good. The next rule is a little more more interesting. And we they instituted this in the summer league where they're giving out flop technicals. Now to me it seems like flops are hard to see in the moment right and it's not like they're going to be calling flops as they happen it's like they're going to call it at the next dead ball i believe so it's going to be hard man to uh, to assess flops in moments because embellishing sometimes is not flopping like if i get hit in the neck and I fall over it, you know, overtly, that's not a flop. I got hit in the neck and I just, I sold it a little bit. But if somebody is like pulling on somebody's arm and making it seem like they're they're pulling, they're pushing them back and then I fall, that's a flop. And I think that is where um, it gets tricky. it's going to get tricky. I think Darren Fox spoke out it spoke out against it a little bit. Um it's going to be it's going to be some some learnings going on because I think it's going to be a lot of non-flops that are called flops and vice versa and they're going to have to figure out a way to maybe review these. And I don't know if a cha- if can a coach challenge a flop technical. We'll see. We'll see. But just two rules to shake up the game a little bit. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be really, really, really interesting. All right. Dame is still not traded. Still not traded. And he's living his best life. He on the beach. He's gonna IG live. He just waiting. And we know now that he's he's Hell bent on going to Miami. Miami is trying to find a team to take Tyler Hero. Portland is not trying to t- trying to hear it. I've heard rumblings that the Raptors wouldn't mind take taking Hero. I think the Nets would take Hero for the right price. So they're at a stalemate, and the GM said that if it takes months, it takes months. I, I think that's a bluff. Like I think-, I think I don't think he wants that to happen. Like. September is around the corner, training camp is around the corner, and if they truly want to remain competitive, which all signs point that they do, if they want to give Jeremy Grant all that money, still, even though he hasn't signed it yet, which is which is interesting. A lot of people are signing their contracts, and I didn't see Jeremy Grant sign his ch- contract. Maybe I missed it. But if they sign Jeremy Grant, that means they want to stay relatively competitive. If they don't move Nurkic, that means they want to stay relatively competitive. So we will see. All these things are we will see. It's it's going to be a crazy season. It's going to, It really is. And maybe a crazy summer. Um, especially with, you know, FIBA coming up. That's going to be really, really fun to see that roster. And we'll talk about that in a few weeks. That roster and what we, how do we see them coming out of the, the World Cup. But yeah, Dame's still not traded. Still a Portland Trail Blazers, tra- Blazer, And most likely going to the Heat. At this point, I wanted him to go to the Sixers somehow, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Uh, and, and speaking of Sixers, James Harden hasn't been moved either. He could be on the roster at, by the beginning of the season. And he's met with their with their front office and reiterated that he wants to be moved. So... I guess MB didn't get him to stay at the White Party. Good job. All right. We we're 42 minutes in. Um, just the last thing I wanted to touch on is that these young dudes are getting paid. Paid. If you look at the 2020 draft class, LaMelo, Desmond Bain, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, they've made over a billion dollar in contract extensions. Just those five. Or four? Four. Wow. What a time to be a 22, 23, 24-year-old NBA player, man. What timing. Good for those guys, man. I've been coming down off my stance about like value being value in contracts and people saying the cap is going to go up 10% a year and these, these contracts won't be that much of a percentage when you look at it in two, three years. And the market is what the market is at this point. While I don't I don't think that I think, I think that there are like four or five players that are worth over $50 million. And now there's going to be uh <laughs> influx of players to make that in a few years. That's just the times. That's just what it is. Um, I, these are $50 million players to me. Jokic, Giannis, Braun. Jokic, Giannis, Braun. Steph. Dame. Embiid. Okay, I'm at seven already. Tatum. Luka. I think that's it. Oh, Booker. KD. That's 11. Those are $50 million players to me. When you get into, like... I'm sorry to say this, like... Desmond Bain, who has never made an all-star team, may maybe he will make an all-star team one day, making them, what, I think one year he's going to make $42 million. Like, that's too close to 50 for me. But I get it. TV deal, brand deals, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. Uh, market, mid-market teams, got to keep their players. He wants the max. Got to make them happy. Boom. Here's a contract. I get it. I get it. I'm just speaking on why I feel the way I feel. And it's crazy to see that like LeBron the 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 inflation of the NBA, how it's how it's been so drastic. Like I think LeBron on the heat was making like 17 million dollars a year. (laughs) So it's crazy to see how the the contracts go up, go, up, up, up. And I'm sure this is what the, the folks in the 90s used to say. So uh like I said, happy for those guys. Life-changing money. Tyrese Halliburton is a really good player. Uh, thank his mom for getting him where he is today. So always love when, you know, these kids really thank their parents for what they've done for them. So, Ant Man said, "None of you new honeys come around. Don't don't try to get. Don't you ain't getting no bad from me." He said it. He documented it. His lady was in the video with him. So Ant-Man is already focused. I love Ant-Man. <laughs> I love Ant-Man. He was he was like, nah, don't don't come around me. I got the bag. Don't come around me. Like they got they got my boy Zion, and they ain't about to get Ant-Man. But with that said, I uh, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, this was fun. This was fun. Um, my co host should be back next week. And we might have a special close on the way, a third a third edition to the pod. So until next week, appreciate you listening. And see you later.